Hello, friends, and welcome to part eight of On Grace, a conversation between Wendell Van Valen and Wayne Hunter. Hey, this is Wendell. We're here for another podcast. I'm here with my friend Wayne. Uh, this is Wayne, and we uh, hope that there's something helpful here. I'm going to talk today about grace in our our culture, where discussion seems to be difficult. We're pretty good at debate and argument, but how can grace? What what? How does grace create a space? for us to engage. And we've talked about grace as investment and vulnerability and presence. And it seems to me that that could be really helpful and important, vital, uh, as we learn to discuss with each other, that grace is a respect for the value of the person in front of us and a willingness to hear what they have to say um, so that we're not, it's not about, grace is not about winning and losing. It's about presence and listening and investment, and also being vulnerable with the possibility, vulnerability, some of that is the possibility that I may be wrong about something, that I can learn, and I'm not the the giver. Uh, grace is not a commodity I give, but it's a, an encounter that I participate in. And so when we come to conversations with people who may be at a different place than we are on some issues, then grace creates that opportunity and that possibility of it being legitimate and authentic rather than a win-lose situation. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, um, I've been kind of, I heard something on a radio, uh, public radio, about loneliness being an actual international epidemic to the point of England appointing a minister to loneliness yeah. or minister for loneliness, whatever. Right. And uh, they're talking about it. Uh, being an epidemic health problem, physical health problem, and that it causes heart disease and cancer, just like smoking and mm-hmm. over drinking and all this. And part of that discussion was really interesting. They they said that we t- we're tending more and more to become tribal, and that we we only run with people who think like we do and feel like we do and believe like we do. And uh, any any other th- mindset, any other cultural trends or whatever, it's no, it's not good. And, and one of the conclusions they came to on this discussion was that being a part of a tribe and being in lockstep, say, with a herd mm-hmm. uh, does not help loneliness. It actually makes it worse. Oh, uh-huh. And so they were talking about that part of, I don't know if you want to use the word cure, but, but part of the answer for loneliness is to actually press up against people who we don't necessarily agree with. Right. So that it forces this elastic elasticity between us to to uh, expand even more. You you have to become more vulnerable because you're hearing things and experiencing things that you're not ready for or that you don't. They're not part of your mental DNA or mm-hmm. whatever. And 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 so it it becomes this. If you're willing to discuss instead of debate. It becomes this very high energy, uh, kind of a passionate encounter right. that you have with this person, um, and th- and that's what makes you. Once you do that, once you pay your dues in that discussion, you, you've really made an investment in that person, and they have in right. you. Right. And you've if you've stuck if you've hung in there instead of run or fight, mm-hmm. 
You know, that, that old lizard brain makes you want to either run or fight. But if you've hung right in there, you have something pretty precious. Yeah, you discover a, a new place that neither one of you knew before. That grace is, creates or discovers something that is uh, that brings you both closer together, but both of you to a new place of understanding yeah. and insight. And you may part company. I mean, just use this for an example. You may part company as a one is a right wing Republican and the other one is a left wing Democrat. You that that's not the issue anymore. Right. It's it or a, yeah. a Muslim and a Jew or whatever. It yeah. does, you know, it, it doesn't mean that you agree. You haven't come to a place where you both agree on the same thing, but you come to a place where you have you learn to respect a person who's different from you. And I think there's a sense of humility in that 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 truth is bigger than my opinion that I don't capture it. It captures me. Well, and, and so is grace. Yeah. I mean, grace is this. Right. And we think of, you know, I think there's this, this sense that change comes through violence and power, but maybe change comes through grace, which can be passionate without being violent. Yeah. I, th- I think it's interesting that when, when God created, and I think we may have talked about this before. I mean, he gets into this rhythm, you know, I make something, it's good. I make something, it's good. I make something, it's good. And then he looks down at Adam and he sees him all alone. He said, that is not good. Right. And it's interesting that he didn't make another man. But no. he made some, He yeah. made something very... <laughs> very different. Very different. <laughs> and, and and not just... In a good way. In a yeah, good way. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not just physiologically, but in, in right. every way different. And you think about... I mean, all of us in this little podcast room right now, we're all married. The, the, you either let the gender difference, along with all the other differences that come with two people living together, but just the gender difference, you either let that become a, a huge bone of contention or you learn to do this elastic back and forth, be mm-hmm. vulnerable, right. be in, invest. Yeah. And and you either something either very beautiful is created or something horrendous is created. Right. Yeah, just from my own experience, I, and I from what I've seen, I think marriage is difficult because we make it about winning and losing. It's about who's right and who's wrong instead of about this dance of discovering something brand new that yeah. that neither one of us is. You know, we both retain our individuality, but we we do it in a way that. Uh, embraces and in, includes elements that weren't there before yeah it, yeah it's i mean my wife and i've been married for 30 years and it's only been in the last five years that i've discovered what a well of i wouldn't say knowledge but she knows things i don't know and i'll right. never know right and if i'm fighting her i'll never know right. those things yeah but if i begin this dance of give and take and and say who are you and where did you come from and how did you arrive at this and you just you know yeah. and and appreciate it instead of I don't know I wish she was more like a man you know right yeah appreciate it um, wow yeah it, it it it's a paradigm shifter right and it takes um, some courage to let go of this idea that things that are like me are right and things that are unlike me are not right uh either courage but you know there are also i think there are places where uh it, it we need to just 
get past our ego and discuss and find and experience the value another person brings to a conversation or to a relationship, uh, and and so that it's a, it's not about m- me expressing myself, but it's about discovering who they are and also uh, discovering who we are as as a relationship, as a friendship, or whatever. I think grace creates the space and the opportunity and the possibility for that to happen. Practically speaking, because, I mean, um, and I guess from time to time we just need to issue the general disclaimer (laughs) in our discussions that we're both very philosophical (laughs) and there's very little practicality to what we say. We live on another planet. We just visit here from time to time. But practically speaking, I mean, okay, so how does this work? How does this work, say, with a spouse or with somebody that you're close to and you have this routine engagement with them and I almost think that it's like a pregame locker room talk that you have with yourself and you say we have to I, I, I really need some sort of game plan going into this I know I'm going to be with them we're going to take a trip two hour trip so right. we're going to be in the same vehicle how do I approach this what, what, what am I going to how am I going to handle this and to me what I've kind of started to do was just to say I, I want to shut up and and just ask some questions mm-hmm. and get them not interrogate but right but show some real interest in yeah and not in a fake way right right um, and I think part of it too is is whatever they say not to take that personally. Yeah, you said and, something about the ego. Right, and not feel That's the need so huge. to argue or if or make sure they understand what I say uh, first, but to hear hear uh, and make sure I understand what they're saying, where they come from. And some of that has to do with authenticity too, the willingness to say, you know, I'm awkward at this, and I but I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I may be defensive. I'm, you know, if you see me doing that, I apologize, but. I may turn this into winning and losing, but I don't want to. And just kind of put that out in the open up front and say, you know, I'm trying to figure this out. Yeah. I, the, the, the first time I ever heard of the, the term uninvest your ego was Richard Rohr said something in a book. And I remember that really caught me because I realized that's where I'd lived most of my life was investing my ego, taking everything personally. It's all about me. It's I got to win here. I got to be right. Got to be strong, mm-hmm. whatever. Right got to be valid whatever and and so i kind of started to th- to go into conversations thinking don't do that don't do that don't do right. that and it it really wasn't helping because that was about me right it was yeah, still know, about me yeah still right. about me right. and so part of the helpful thing is to say who is this person i'm going to encounter and it doesn't have to be a spouse it can right. just be anybody right. who is this person i'm going to encounter what do I know about them so far and how might that prime the pump for further conversations about them? Right. You know, yeah. they, they and, and uh, before the podcast started, we were just chatting here about curiosity. I think that plays a, I don't know why that word wasn't part of my vocabulary for years and years, but more and more it's, it's, it's this almost like a, a divine curiosity about who is that person? Yeah. It's like opening a package on Christmas morning. 
Who is that person? Right. What, what's inside there? And not to over-spiritualize it, uh, but I think this idea that we've talked about a whole lot is that God is at work in every person all, all yeah. the time. What can, yeah. How can I discover something about what God is in this person, where, where he is, and, and participate in that? And, and so it's, it, you know, again, it's not about me, but it's, it's this idea that there's something happening in the world that is not about me that I can be still be part of, and in conversations and encounters and relationships, that that's true. But, uh, I don't know how anybody else sees this, but but I've always thought, what would it have been like to have been a, a mouse in a corner, fly on the wall, whatever you want to say, during the creation, when God was creating? And of course, scientists and theologians bat it back and forth how to happen, whatever. But for our sake, I'm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure God did it. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going to camp out there that God did it. Yeah. But think about being able to watch that happen. But what you're saying is that we still can do that. Right. When we yeah. encounter other people, we see, yeah. because that That's is a, a creative God right. at work. Right. And so when we encounter other people, we get to see a glimpse of Genesis right. 1 and 2. Exactly. Yeah, That's very good. Yeah. You I know, like, really? Yeah. And, and, uh, C.S. Lewis thinks that God sang creation into being. Yeah. And and in which in says he he enjoyed it. He was having yeah. a good time. Right. Yeah. So when we watch it, God at work in somebody, it's not like he's digging a ditch. Right. It's it's you know. Yeah. It's more yeah. like he's throwing a party. Yeah. That we are invited to be part of. Yeah. yeah. We don't have to make it happen. We don't have to manipulate it. We're not in control of it. But we certainly have the opportunity to participate in it. Yeah. Be part of it. Yeah. Well, that's probably enough for today. Um, and I assume we'll be back. If, yeah. We will. See you guys. Thanks for being part of On Grace, a conversation between Wayne Hunter and Wendell Van Valen, both of whom serve as pastors in Bowling Green, Kentucky. <laughs>